1: Welcome to episode number 118 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have Dustin Galker. I have Adam Candy. You can follow them on the Twitter machine and you should. It's free at Dustin Galker at Adam Candy to ease. No, I if you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. We're also on all the places that you listen to podcasts. So we really do appreciate you going in doing that little subscribe rate and review thing. It does help us climb the charts. It does help more people find this thing. So Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you end up finding your podcast. We really do appreciate all of that. We will see if there will actually be a launch in Arizona. We will talk about some stuff going on with Caesars. There are some people who have been in the fantasy industry for a long time who are also looking to get in on the sports betting industry. We'll talk about that as well. But let's kick things off here, guys, and let's talk about this. Look. Another football season launches on Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday. We're sitting here. It has been, you know, it has been a crazy ride through covering the New York stuff, covering the will it, won't it happen in Florida? Will it, won't it happen? What's going on in California? The weird for a second that there might be a glimmer of hope in Texas, some of these other big states, all of that. Um, Adam, I'll just start with you on this. Where are we right now, just as an industry as a whole, as we head into football season, which we know is by far the highest customer acquisition point of the year for all of these sports books and also where they get the most handle?
0: You know, Matt, it's an interesting point to reflect on what's happened in three plus years in the U.S. sports betting industry. And I know reflection is not something we spend a lot of time doing because we're largely just trying to. Keep up with the giant machine that is churning out news and more and more sports betting uh, fodder for us. But we're here, we are at a point where we're about to go into a season. The NFL has seven sports book partners, the NFL is producing its own gambling content. We're talking about potentially a billion dollar ad spend on television this year, advertising legal sports books across the country. And we have nearly half of U.S. states that have some form of a legal sports betting industry with a few more set to launch. And that is not including real industries in the states you just mentioned, New York, California, Florida and Texas. And we're sort of in a prime M&A phase here as well. So just thought it was a good time to sort of think about how far this has come, even though it feels like we're churning this out day after day after day. Um Three and a half years in, this is already a multi billion dollar industry. We've already seen major shifts in where the power centers are. Obviously, Nevada still has its claim to fame with Las Vegas being the OG of sports betting. But we've seen markets like New Jersey, like Illinois, like Pennsylvania stake their claim to say, hey, listen, you can have both a big market in Nevada and you also can have these other power centers uh, to use the same word a second time. And that's not even to mention that we lost sports for the better part of six months in the middle of a global pandemic in the middle of all of this. So it's just remarkable to me to think about where we are as we launch another NFL season here today, as the leagues are farther in bed with this than they ever have been before. uh, The possibilities still seem endless for where this could go over the next five to 10 years. And you know, I, I, for one, have enjoyed the ride so far and I'm looking forward to what comes next.
1: So, Dustin, let's take a look at, you know, we know that New Jersey already surpassed Nevada whenever it came to handle. And we imagine that that will continue to be the case here this this season without New York being, you know, fully launched and all the different things like that. So we know how much they get from just across the river over there. And then we also get some uh you know, a pretty big state. People, I think people that don't live on the East Coast don't realize, like the population of New Jersey. You just don't really think of New Jersey as being one of those states that actually has like a a pretty decent population, but it definitely does. What other state out there do you think are we going to see some some really big jumps as we head into football season here? Because again, we we saw New Jersey take that leap and kind of crown itself as actually the you know the state, the biggest state when it comes to sports betting. Are there some other states out there that are kind of going to really take a leap this year as we head into the fall?
2: I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens in Michigan and Virginia. These are two states that launched prior to the Super Bowl, which is obviously a big acquisition point. But, you know, you have a a full slate of operators in both these states and heading into NFL season, which we know is just, acquisition territory This mm-hmm. is you know, putting most of their marketing dollars behind this this push right now and i think i i don't know how much bigger it'll be but i think uh, it'll it'll be it'll move the needle in terms of how much sites will acqu- and apps will acquire customers right now uh that you know without a full nfl season and about in those two states in particular i mean the other thing i'm really watching i think adam did a great job summarizing where we're at but the other thing is is really interesting to think about like even just year to year where we were with operators And what it looks like we still have we're still sitting here with FanDuel and DraftKings one and two. But even a year ago, certainly two years ago, like we were talking about a much different landscape of who who the who the big players are. We're now looking at Barstool is a force or is at least live in most of these states, uh, arguably number four MGM, even year over year. Its will to compete and to dump money into the space far exceeds even just a year ago what it was doing. So that's interesting. You have Caesars just through the rebrand with Will Hill uh, putting a lot of money into this, and then WinBet, which was I think we've called and also ran in terms of that, is you know they're sending spending serious money too. this is this will be really interesting to see what shakes out and who the players are because we're going to start seeing that more quickly. After the launch of NFL season, because again, you're like, yeah, there's deals out there happening, acquiring customers, state launches, but this is when you acquire customers, and this is when you build what's going on in into the next year and future years, and and all of that. So I'll be will be interested to see if you know somebody one eats into DraftKings and FanDuel gets into the three spot, uh, how much how much erosion there is, and and just if if any of these new these smaller players or uh, the you know Barstool at number 4 can they be a 3 or a 2 like that's this is really interesting to see how the operator side of this shakes out and who's who's going to be leading after some NFL action here uh, this fall
1: Adam we saw really big numbers come out uh, you know of the fall last year and you know we kind of summarized that okay hey look you know there's a lot of people who are working from home or are out of work or there's nothing better to do because everything's shut down and there's nowhere to go and there's no places to go out to eat and all that so why not sit at home and take advantage of being able to bet on sports on your couch because at least sports were happening and you could watch those on your television now that we've had at least a little bit more of a step back to normalcy a year later here do you feel like these numbers will decline at all? Or are you like, you know what, actually, because there is a little bit of sense of normalcy here, maybe fandom increases even more. People will be going back to games. People will be maybe a little bit more engaged in all this. And there's only the the, the only place these numbers can go is up.
0: In the short term, I think you're safe to say the only place to go is up. And I don't think it was just a pandemic effect because what the pandemic effect ultimately did Was take any brick and mortar operator who was hesitant about making the big move into online sports betting and show, hey, in order to be competitive moving forward, if you really want to play in this space, you have to do this. I mean, look at Caesars. You just mentioned Caesars and William Hill. I mean, the move that Caesars has made is seismic compared to where it was at this point 12 months ago. We talk about BetMGM. Even though BetMGM really did not have a lot of success in its first 12 months, you could see BetMGM positioning itself with the joint venture, with Roar Digital. It was moving in that direction. But Caesars was sort of sitting it out. And then they push forward with the William Hill acquisition. And now you take that technology, you move forward. So I don't know that it's necessarily a situation where the numbers can only go up. But in the short term, I think you're going to find a couple of things. One, this marketing spend is going to turn into dollars wagered. It's not going to necessarily turn into profit quite yet, but it's going to turn into dollars wagered. And we're going to see more handle because people are less concerned about immediate income right now. Right. We don't have the job loss that we did in the middle of the pandemic. And there's more discretionary spend that is available for people. And we know in some ways that gambling is a bit of a unicorn. It's somewhat recession resistant that people will still spend on vice, but when it comes to sports betting, I think when we look at some of the new markets that have been added, when we look at some of the spend that's been made in the casino realm, Dustin mentioned Michigan as a state to watch. Yeah. Michigan's a state that legalized an entire suite of iGaming products. You have poker and you have iGaming to be able to cross sell into and out of as well. So I think that, you know, down the line, certainly we could see some evening out of these numbers, but I don't think it's going to be this year. I don't think it's going to be where we look at New Jersey and say, wow, why didn't they get? to that billion-dollar month. I think they're going to get to that billion-dollar month pretty easily while New York still jerks around with figuring out its situation.
1: So, Dustin, we know uh, Wyoming joined the fray. Um, Wyoming joined the fray already this week. We'll talk about Arizona in just a second. Who else are we looking at, you know, at least between now and let's call it the Super Bowl that might actually get in as well. So we could even be talking about new states that we haven't even talked about right now as far as numbers.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about, I mean, I don't know if we have a timeline on any of these, but Connecticut, Louisiana, Maryland, all sitting out there as as states that, you know, depending on how quickly things happen, uh, you know, I think the I think I might have said them kind of in order of how they might go down, depending on you know, you know, Connecticut, fairly small market, don't have regulations, uh, a, a, a lot of regulations to deal with. Working with the tribes and the lotteries doing it. So there's a, there's a a path to Connecticut, kind of happening quickly there. But th- those are the big ones, and then you have New York sitting out there, which uh, we, after a flurry of news has been quiet. I think that's you know, I think we kind of expected that to be quiet, but we'll know later this fall what's going on in terms of New York. But you know, everything seems to point toward a launch. Uh, before the Super Bowl and then you have the enigmatic Florida as well Uh, as we sit here uh, like five weeks away from a potential launch with a hard rock digital product uh, we've been saying that there's a possibility of a lawsuit slowing this down that's still a possibility out there but right now there's a chance that Florida launches in October uh, you know in a probably a non-competitive monopolistic market at the start but um, you know, there's, there's all of that out there on top of, uh, the new states that have legalized and just states that are going through their first NFL season.
1: Speaking of lawsuits, Adam, as we move on here, there was stuff going on in Arizona where we were, and I say we, as in myself maybe you who 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 were thinking about making that drive down there for whatever goodies might come at the beginning of the NFL season here there were some lawsuits out there in Arizona where do we sit with this and again this is a this is a launch date of oh let me look yeah tomorrow so where do we is this actually going to happen so before
0: I answer that question Matt have you made the trip yet
1: I haven't, made, I haven't made the trip yet. I got to make sure that we're we're up and going. I You know, you got to make sure. All right. This. Well,
0: uh, well, then let's give you the news that you need. Uh, as of now, it appears Arizona will launch tomorrow. Uh, what we saw happen on Monday was an expedited hearing on a request for an injunction, a restraining order to stop Arizona sports betting from launching temporarily. That came from the Yavapai Prescott tribe, and it was denied uh, the judge in Arizona said he expected an appeal. Uh, We have been hitting refresh, refresh, refresh on the court system and not seeing that appeal have been been filed as yet. So here we are on Wednesday afternoon as we record this podcast and it would be almost impossible for that appeal to be filed and heard before we turn the spigot on in about 12 hours here. So it looks like Arizona, at least for Uh, The time being is going to launch. Could there be a hiccup in there somewhere if this appeal were to be successful? Yes, but the Arizona market, which is going to have a highly competitive environment, you're going to have the better part of uh, 20 operators, not quite. Full at the start, but close to that, Uh, you're going to have a highly competitive market where the tax rate is low. The barrier to entry is not really all that strong, uh, and you're going to see lots of great offers that you as a Nevada resident who is frustrated with your app offerings might want to make that trip over the dam to find out about.
1: Yeah, Dustin, I mean, we're going to have all the major players. I mean, we've we've kind of talked about this on previous podcasts, but for those just joining us for the first time and want to, you know, get in on what's going down in Arizona. I mean, it's it's DraftKings, it's FanDuel, it's Caesars, it's MGM, it's Wynn, it's a whole, I mean, like as Adam says, sh- should be upwards of 20 when it's all said and done, but I mean, we're you you are going to have the choice of anybody that you would like to bet with essentially if you live in Arizona.
2: And again, other than the uh, shenanigans uh, with with lawsuits uh, notwithstanding, this is kind of what we saw in Michigan. This is what we saw Michigan be real successful in ramping up real quickly and have the addition of right before NFL season. So if if we actually if we have go live here tomorrow, uh, yeah, it's going to be big because all the operators are marking at the same time in Advance of NFL season. Some of them have, as we've talked about on this podcast, league, league and team partners as well to try to drive even more engagement and signups and things like that. So it's, uh, it's not quite the perfect storm, but it'll be, you know, Arizona is going to suppress other launches by a long shot, just between population and kind of the the perfect storm of, of a lot of operators going live on this at the same time and all trying to compete for those customers.
1: One of the things that has been certainly uh, more prevalent here over the last six six, six, six eight months, something like that, has been these big companies taking advantage of all of the buzz and all of the heat and all of the news and press and everything that's going on here. And whether it be either going public or mergers or whatever it might be, getting out there and getting in front of the people. And it looks like we have another one of those companies here, uh, Dustin, that is going to go public.
2: Yeah, I think we've talked about Sportradar going public, but we had precious little information before. Uh, so there, uh, we new newest information: some uh, SEC filings published this week. Uh, they're going to try to raise six hundred million for its U.S. IPO. Um, going to be a price of about 20, between twenty five and twenty eight dollars. They're raising a lot of money at a valuation of uh eight billion dollars that's a lot of money, obviously, to for a, for a company to be worth. But that's uh, so, this are the details. So, we're still we're uh, sport radar has been out there as one of like you said, one of those hot companies that going public was uh here in the US was part of it. It was originally looking at a SPAC to, to become. Uh, do that. But now we have a little bit more information about the the IPO. Good story over there by Brad Allen at Legal Sports Report, talking about whether uh, it's worth $8 billion or not and giving you some more of the details about, about radar. But um, uh, other than I think we I think we wish they had a bit different ticker name. I think uh, Brad was taking exception with it. It didn't go with RADR. It is SRAD on the NASDAQ global select market.
1: Adam, we are. You talked about Caesars coming in and spending a bunch of money and trying to uh, really establish themselves as a, a big player in this. And now, listen, I think that people might be underestimating that a little bit because William Hill had a decent little market share as it was, and so going ahead and acquiring that as opposed and, and then having the customers they already had, uh, it certainly gave them a, a nice little boost with all of that. And so they decided to go ahead and join in the fray of being able to. And, and you know, there are at least. I think you and I would say there at least are some benefits to the official league data thing. But, you know, we aren't necessarily the the biggest fans of it all.
0: We are not fans of official league data by mandate, uh, by legislatures right. in states saying you have to do this and making it potentially uncompetitive. Uh, if you want to make a private deal, go make a private deal. And that's essentially mm-hmm. what we've seen here with Caesars, who is one of the NFL's. And I'm going to put the big air quotes on it try exclusive uh, official <laughs> partners. So yeah, the news isn't so much that Caesar's got this deal done with Genius for the official data feed, which is purportedly six seconds faster than unofficial data. And if you're not familiar with why that's important, go try in play betting sometime and see how yep. important six seconds might be to you when you're trying to get a wager down uh, potentially ahead of a line change. So in the end, the notable part of this is that Genius Sports went out there and spent a mint on getting the rights to NFL official data. And Caesars is only the second sportsbook so far to take the feed. Now, these uh, seven partners of the NFL, they're going to eventually have to take the feed. Uh, So why we haven't seen that in advance of NFL season here with only a couple of days left uh, is kind of remarkable, I think, in in its own way. Uh, But again, Genius, another company trying to get out there with an eight to ten billion dollar valuation, uh, you know, we just throw these numbers across the uh, across the gauntlet right now, like, sure, eight billion, ten billion. Uh, but genius doing everything it can to leverage those official data feeds and Caesars, the latest to take it.
1: And, you know, one of the things other, I guess, than like you're talking about it supposedly being, you know, a faster feed and things like that, which should should increase, you would think, in game Volume for these uh, for these different sports books, if if you had Adam, I'm sure you've seen it. If you had a DraftKings right now and you go and you look, you can bet on fastest offensive player and fastest defensive player like over the course of the season and that that is one of those things that is recorded off of like the nfl next gen stats that's the only way that you could offer a market like that so these are the type of things that these official league deals at least give them them the option now how popular this these markets are going to be is is probably microscopic but at least it is something they can offer because of deals like that. But it's a glimpse into the future, right Matt? It's a glimpse into right.
0: what could be coming and again, the popularity we have no idea. People are still figuring out what spreads and money lines and totals are, right? But mm. ultimately, when you say to yourself down the line, all these companies that are spending billions of dollars to market themselves What ultimately is going to differentiate them? What is going to be what keeps people there? What is going to take them from other books and bring them to theirs? It's going to be having not only a better product, but having markets that are more interesting. If you have markets that can differentiate yourself in some way, if you get to the point where this biometric data can really be used to create more interesting offerings, then down the line, by the time we're shaking the dust off this thing in five or ten years, those could be the sorts of things that are more interesting.
1: So let's head up to Wisconsin here, Dustin, and some news about a sports book going next to a very, very popular place within the state.
2: Man, I took some crap for not putting Wisconsin on the podcast earlier. So here you go, by the mm-hmm. one fan who is lamenting the lack of talk about Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> we we have uh, what's what's happening there. Not online betting, but retail sports books. And like I said, the interesting one is uh, the United Nation has actually has a casino in Green Bay, as we know, Green Bay, home to the Packers. So this makes it a little more interesting. You can uh, you know in the in a town where the NFL is, you have a, a, a retail sports book that is hoping to launch real soon. It sounds like uh, by the, they said for the beginning of the NFL season, the beginning of, the, as we've said, that's, that's tomorrow. I don't think they're live as we sit here. So whether that happens or not, we don't know, but pretty soon. But uh, so this is the, you know, this is another, you know, it's it's good to see as as we move into this and, and it expands tribes getting involved and you know they they went to their compact here in Wisconsin and got approval for sports betting, uh, not online yet and just at at retail casinos. But Wisconsin taking a step toward legal sports betting and is uh, just about to be on the board as another place where you can legally bet on sports.
1: Adam, we know that the origin of DraftKings was in fantasy sports. We know the origin of FanDuel was in fantasy sports. There are another it's another big listen. It is you definitely have to be, I would say, kind of in the bubble. But if you're in the bubble, underdog fantasy has really really shot up in popularity it is primarily based on best ball which if you've never played best ball before it is you go in and you just draft and that's all there is to it the you don't have to do anything once the season starts you just draft a really deep team and the players are automatically plugged in at the positions whoever's the best scoring player on your team for that week is automatically plugged in it's become a very popular way to play fantasy sports there's big big tournaments and million dollar payouts and stuff and and one of those is over at, at Underdog. Well. As DraftKings and FanDuel have done, it looks like they have their eyes set on launching within the sports betting realm as well. You mentioned
0: the fact that Underdog has been making moves. Well, start here with the list of folks who have invested in Underdog of late. Uh, Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Odell Beckham Jr., CEOs uh, formerly from Patty Power Betfair, from Caesars, from big gaming consultancies. We've seen that. That this company has drawn some interest, and now they've gone and acquired themselves uh, a sportsbook platform as they look to expand. Now, this is not news because of the fact that it's those major investors. It's news because it's yet another DFS fantasy sports company that is trying to make the transition somewhat naturally in. sports betting so they've acquired a technology firm goat gaming yes I said that correctly goat gaming (laughs) Uh, the technology from the UK and Ukraine from goat includes uh, player account management trading and risk and a wallet so things that underdog ultimately needed to be able to make the push to uh, to own that technology so uh, as of today underdog is highlighting the fact that it has 50,000 paid customers in August alone so you know, another one of these that we keep an eye on as we move forward here because of the fact that, you know, having raised 15 million dollars as a fantasy sports company uh, is notable. And I mean, guys, th- there are things that I've seen recently on television that absolutely blow my mind. And Dustin, you'll know exactly where I'm going here. I saw a TV ad for price picks for prize picks, one of these smaller (laughs) fantasy sports companies that's just been trying to make an impact for a long time and now has raised money to the point where it's advertising on television. You know, we joked about Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Mm -hmm. Fight is right out there in the front of everything right now. So, you know, uh, the next step or one of the next steps as it is will be the transitions of these fantasy sports companies and their big databases into sports betting or as continued acquisition targets for sports betting companies.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, Dustin, you and I have been uh, around back in the, you know, DFS days, fantasy days and the poker days and stuff like there are a lot of people involved in. Underdog that have a ton of experience within just the gaming space in general. And so, you know, listen, they're going to continue to increase their database. They're going to have a direct line to be able to reach people that they know are real money gaming players and stuff. And so I'm not writing them off as sitting here saying that like they have no chance to, to get any sort of market share or something like that. And I don't know if they even have aspirations of getting a ton of market share, but it's one of those things where we talk about this. You know, the more states that open up, the more legalizations, the more people that get involved, you don't have to have a huge market share to still have a decent little business going on there. And so I don't know. I think that uh, I think there's a chance for them.
2: And I'm not privy to what's going on, but like Adam alluded to this, fe- this feels like M&A fodder to me. Like, mm-hmm. OK, you have a database of users. You have a sports betting mm-hmm. uh, product or tech that you can that you can bolt on. This starts looking really attractive uh, and you get a bunch of people yeah. who are smart at doing this like you want to get into it. Why not buy underdog uh, fantasy get into the sports betting and DFS space and and yeah DFS is like as all of these companies as what we have talked about monkey knife right prize picks um, and now an underdog this is this is placeholder for sports betting they can go in and do DFS where you can't do sports betting right now and you're acquiring customers that are easily converted as DraftKings and Vandal have proven over and over again so. Yeah. I mean, I like these companies now. I mean, if they, like, they're like they all, you know, either can do it on their own and, you know, mm-hmm. m- and maybe that's the plan. I don't know, but, uh, but they, they can, they are then now acquisition targets that, you know, they can make a lot of money. You know, that's why you're seeing prize picks put money into advertising, get your name out there yeah. and that money could, you know, you get in front of the right eyeballs. Somebody says, Hey man, that's interesting. Maybe we should buy that. Like that's a, uh, you know, and, and in the short term you're making money as a DFS platform doing all of this. So it's interesting. And you'll, yeah, it's why you're, that's why you've seen kind of a, a push back into daily fantasy all, during all of this, because it allows you to market to potential sports bettors that you can't you can't in all these other states, and particularly in, a, in those four big states that we keep talking about until New York and Florida go live, and California and Texas more speculative in the future. So interesting, interesting push. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and declare that they definitely be acquired, but it looks like an, an, an attractive target for for MA.
1: As always, guys, everything that we talk about here on the podcast, you can find over at legalsportsupport.com. Be sure and read all the great work Adam and his team are getting done over there. And again, really, you got you, you have 30 seconds right now. Go and subscribe, rate and review. We really do appreciate all that. It'll help us climb the charts. And we want more people to listen to all this stuff as it is. Anyway, you can follow Dustin on Twitter at Dustin Galker. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Candy to ease. no why. And if you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2 for Dustin. For Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh,